continue to teach us. Continue to bring your truth. Lord God, work in the lives of each person that's here. Lord, we come before you just to thank you that you, you, you thought enough of us to just bring us near to you. You thought enough of us, Lord God, to promise us and guarantee us and, 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 and not even just promise and guarantee, but to change us, Lord God. A change that we desperately needed, that we couldn't have done on our own. So, Lord, I ask that as your spirit pours out, as your word is taught, Lord God, that anything that's hindering, anything that's in the way, we ask that it be removed. And we ask that the freedom to preach your word is there. The freedom to teach your word is there. And also, Lord God, the freedom to hear, understand, and apply it in our lives is there. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Take your Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter 3. Actually, I, I, get ready, I tell you what, get your fingers ready because we've got a lot of scripture. It's one of those things. It's one of those Bible study days. You know, we're on the second part of this series where we're talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So I tell you what, I'm going to do just like I do on, on um, Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. I'm going call out, to call out all the scripture and give you time to find it. How about that? Is that fair? Y'all ready for that? Okay, so Exodus chapter 3. So let's find Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. This will give the, little, the sound room time back there to do what they need to do also. Help them out. Exodus chapter 3. Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 22, Genesis chapter 22, 1 Samuel, <laughs> y'all are like, what? You're running out of fingers, aren't you? 1 Samuel chapter 1, 1 Samuel chapter 1. First Samuel chapter one and Psalm chapter one oh five. Psalm chapter one oh five. We're going to start in Exodus chapter three, though, okay? So go ahead and go to Exodus chapter three. Oh, wait a minute, you're still flipping. Let me give you some time. The goal is today, y'all, the goal is every day. If you, if, you, if you come in here on Sunday morning, if you come in here on Sunday morning and you walk out less informed than when you walked in, then the goal of today has missed its mark, okay? Um, 
I think most, I've been, I'm starting my fourth year now. I've been here, I think most of you know me well enough now that the goal is to teach you and to provide uh, knowledge and that God imparts his wisdom on you so that you can apply what you've learned, okay? Because wisdom is nothing but the application of the knowledge that you have, okay? So, you know, that's why, you know, Jesus, he preached, but he spent a lot of time teaching, he spent a lot of time teaching. And so the goal of this day is for you to learn every day when you stand, when you come into the house of God or anytime you open up the Bible. And if you're not getting that, then I'm failing as a pastor. OK. I can give you a, I can give you a sermon full of feel goods and get you all riled up and get you going and cheering. And, you know, boy, you sure did preach today and all that other stuff. Or I can teach you the word of God. Which one would you rather have? You want the word of God. And even if you want it, the other one, you get in the word of God, okay? So in Exodus chapter 3, if we go down to verse 14, now we have here where God introduces himself to Moses as who he is. And then in, cha in chapter 3, verse 14, he repeats that God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall, say, you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And then he adds this addition. God furthermore said to Moses, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and, in, and this is my memorial name to all generations. Now, we talked about Abraham last time, okay? He mentions Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in Abraham, we find that this covenant was established, correct? There was a covenant that was established with Abraham, right? This covenant was what? What was this covenant? It was, it was so that he, it was a promise to covenant that through him, all generations, all generations, even, the genera even our Messiah is going to come through this man. That he's going to multiply. He's going to cause his, his, uh, his seed to just be as, as, as many as the sand on the shore. It's going to be a lot of people that are going to come from this generation. These people that come from him, they're going to love him. They're going to honor God. They're going to do all of these different things. So we find that in, in this covenant. And when God here explains himself to Moses, as we read the other week back in verse 6, after God introduced himself as, as that, Moses hid his face. Moses hid his face because he knew he was dealing with the God of promise. And God is a God of promise. God has promised you some stuff. And I'm not talking about stuff you think he's promised you. I'm talking about in his written word what he's promised you. A life. Now keep in mind, when God promises you life, he's not promising you Life the way you know it, but he's promising you life the way he gives it. Okay? So please understand, when we go through these scriptures, and when, as we study and as we teach the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, this is a God of these men that listened to his call and obeyed and received his promises. Okay? This is not the God of what you want, okay? 
Because right now I could go for a nice carbonated pizza. But one, they're closed, and two, I don't need the pizza right now. But that's not what I need. So now that we're, we're, we're through with Exodus right now, let's go to Isaac. Let's, on Isaac. let's go to, let's, we're going to talk about Isaac. <laughs> if you've got a book of Isaac in your Bible, <laughs> look and see if there's a book of Isaac. Go to the book of Genesis, <laughs> chapter 21. <laughs> and don't be surprised if years down the road you find out there somebody's written a book of Isaac. It's going to be, yeah, they, they've already manipulated the word to the point where it's dangerous. Genesis, chapter 21. We're going to start in the first verse. And what we're going to realize now, God has already promised, made this promise to Abraham. And now here is Isaac about to come into the world. Okay? Here's Isaac about to come into the world. The promise that God made is about to be realized through Isaac. Okay? So you're going to get kind of two sermons today. You're going to get the realization of the promise. And then you're going to get also the family of the promise, okay, and how they behave. And in Genesis chapter 21, verse 1, the Lord took note of Sarah as he had said, get this, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Key words there. He said it. He promised it. Now he did it. Okay. Sweetheart, can you give me a cough drop? <clears throat> and what is going to happen here is that he had promised them what? He had promised them a son. But he also promised that through Abraham, what would happen? Thank you so much. What was going to happen? A whole nation, whole generations were going to come through this man. <coughs> so, Look at verse 1 again. Then the Lord took note of Sarah as he had promised. And the Lord did, the Lord did, the plan was put into action for Sarah as he had promised. <coughs> Take your Bibles and go to Psalm 105. <coughs> Starting in the first verse. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Speak of all his wonders. Glory in his name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. <coughs> Excuse me again. It'll calm down here in a second. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continuously. Continually. Remember his wonders which he has done. His marvels and the judgments he uttered by his mouth. Here's the promise. O seed of Abraham, his servant, O son of Jacob, his chosen one. What has happened here? His promise, O seed of Abraham, remember that it came through the promise and it was realized in Isaac who was born. And this seed is going to continue to grow. This seed is going to continue to nurture. Understand what's happening in your very life right now. Just like he has planted a plan and a covenant with Abraham, he has established the same thing with you. He has established the same thing with you. Do you. Thank you. Do you not understand what he's established in the fact that he established a promise 
in Abraham and it was coming to pass, he has done the same thing with you. I know it. Think about this. Go back to Genesis chapter 21. Then the Lord took note of Sarah. What does that mean when he takes a note? He's looked and he's seen her and he took note. And guess what? When he, every time he sees you, Brother Charles, he remembers his promise. Every time he sees you, Liz, he remembers his promise. Every time he sees you, Trey, he remembers his promise. He saw Sarah and he remembered his promise and he did it. Verse 2, so Sarah conceived, 90 years old, she conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. Now look at this, at the appointed time of which God had spoken to him. It didn't happen a minute or day earlier. The promise is being fulfilled. Isaac is part, when he says, I'm the God of Abraham, I'm the God of Isaac. In other words, I'm a God of a promise, and then I'm a God of fulfilling the promise. Okay? You get that? I'm a God of a promise, and I'm the God that fulfills the promise. Okay? It's not like me telling my wife, hey, I'm going to cook breakfast for you in the moment, in the morning, and then instead I say, oh, sweetheart, I don't feel like it. I'm going to roll over and go back to sleep. Okay? That's the man of David that promised but didn't fulfill his promise. Because she likes when I cook breakfast for her. So I got to be careful when I make that promise and be ready to cook it. So, do what? If not, it's okay. Thank you, sweetie. You're so kind. Look at this. So Sarah conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the appointed time of which God had spoken to him. Now, and Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him from Sarah, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac, another part of the promise. God said, you're going to have a son, and not only are you going to have a son, but you're going to name him Isaac. He said that back in chapter 17, thereabouts. Okay? And so God did that. And then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight, year, eight days old. Not eight years, eight days. As God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born. He was 99 when he was conceived. Abraham had a birthday and cake and everything else, and then Isaac was born. And Sarah said to God, said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And, he, and she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Now keep this in mind. This is what we often miss. <clears throat> Sarah is 90 years old, 91 now. She's had, she's had a... She's had Isaac, 91 years old. And it's not that she had Isaac and God, in his fulfilling of the promise, didn't have all the plumbing working so she could raise Isaac. Y'all, I know it's going to sound kind of graphic. But not only could Sarah give birth, but Sarah was going to be able to nurse her son at age 91. Now, I don't know which one of y'all are going to be. Thi- I know it, Jerome. I shake my head, too. Oh, goodness. Can you imagine that? At age 91, you're going to be nursing a child. <clears throat> All of us at age 39, we kind of done with that, ain't we? All right. We kind of like, OK, uncle, I've had enough. Right. You never you never know. You do. And a good word, kid, because you don't know, because even Sarah's sitting here going when the promise was made, 
13 years earlier before Ishmael was born that he was going to bring her a son. Keep in mind that promises. So so God, not only this promise wasn't that, hey, you're just going to have a son. Now go and and take care, get get somebody to nurse him because you're you're old. You won't be able to do that. Nope. Guess what's going to happen, Sarah? This is the plan revealed. This is the promise that is is, is kind of becoming realized. Trust me. Now, y'all forgive me and bear with me. But when Sarah when Sarah had her son and she starts lactating, okay, she realized that there was a God in heaven. Okay? Now I'm not trying to be gross, but let's be real about it, right? She's like, hey, whoa, wait a minute, what's happening? <laughs> y'all, we can talk about this stuff in church. I said nothing wrong. The plan was realized that, hey, guess what? Not only can I have a child, but I can provide for him. God has strengthened me. The promise, the plan, and everything is being realized. I know, get your mind out of the gutter and think about the reality of what happened here. Okay? And and look at verse 7. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in in, in his old age. Now, verse 8, the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. What's the big deal about weaning a child? Yeah, obviously you never nurse. Yeah, I have it. But yeah, there's this question. What is the big deal about nursing a child? I have not nursed. But the big deal about weaning a child, you know, y'all can find the weirdest stuff to laugh at. But this is a big deal. The plan is realized that not only was she able to nurse this child, Isaac, she's seeing God's plan. But he was weaned. And then, but look what happened when he got weaned. When he got weaned, look what happened. And Abraham made a great feast on the day Isaac was weaned. That is a big deal, especially in the culture of the Jews. When you are weaned, and weaning happened anywhere from age one and a half to, say, five years of age. That's when weaning happened. And when you're weaned and you're able to come off the milk and able to eat table food, you're able to sit down and, and eat a burger with dad and fries and Chick-fil-A combo number one, you're able to do that. That is showing that you are not only reliant on the milk anymore, but you're a healthy and you're vibrant, and you're able to, your body's now able to sustain itself. Medical people in here, am I not right or wrong? Which one is it? Somebody tell me, it's Sam Grace staring at me. Yes, you're right. Miss Pam, you was a nurse. Tammy, you're over there. You don't know, do you? Liz, you don't count. But you're able to sustain yourself. The body has the nutrients and everything. And and Abraham celebrated because, oh, yeah, Miss Becky's a nurse. There she is. She knows. And well, I'm sorry. Apologize. You're mad now, you need to change. If you get mad, you need to change pews, okay? Don't leave the church, just move to another section. <laughs> Here's what happened. God has given him not only a son at age 100, but now at, say, 104, 105, he has a son that can sustain himself. Wow, the promise and the plan is being realized. The plan is being realized, and, and it's God's work. And here's where we also miss. Now, how many of y'all, I want to ask you a question. How many of y'all think Sarah did Hagar wrong? Raise your hand. 
when she ran her out, ran her out. Y'all think she did her wrong? Look, look, look at verse nine. Look at verse nine. Now Sarah saw the son of Hagar, who is what? Ishmael, the Egyptian whom she had born to Abraham, mocking. Look at that carefully. She was mocking the plan of God. Why do you think Sarah got so upset? Because God is realizing his plan through Isaac. Isaac is the plan becoming real. And Ishmael, Ishmael, Abraham's other son, but not of the royal lineage, okay, is mocking Abraham, celebrating the fact that his son, his promise, has become a person that can sustain himself. Not that he could go, it wasn't time, look, he's five years old. It wasn't time for the little slacker to get a job. But it was a sign that guess what he could do? He could live. And Abraham celebrated that he can live. But Ishmael mocked the plan. How many of y'all see, see, and then we wonder, well, Sarah was wrong for kicking her out of the, look, look. Therefore, she said to Abraham, look at verse 10, drive out this maid and her son. For the, uh, for the son of this maid shall not be an heir with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abram, Abraham greatly because of his son. He loved Ishmael. He loved him greatly. But Sarah was, hey, wait a minute. That's not the plan. That's not the plan. Now look at this in verse 12. But God said to Abraham, do not be distressed because of the lad and your maid. Whatever Sarah tells you, listen to her. For through Isaac. Your descendants shall be named. Come on. It takes two to tango. I got you. But God had already had the plan in in place. Okay? And then let me tell you what you're not going to do as a child of God. You're not going to mock or anyone is going to, not going to mock God's plan. And when Ishmael was mocking, them celebrating the fact that Isaac was able to be on his own without being nursed, that was important. It's important to this day. Any of you who have nursed, when your child comes off the milk, it's the same description that, guess what, Paul uses when it's time for you to come off the milk spiritually. Today we learned about some songs and why we sing them. That's you coming off the milk. That's you detaching from the milk. And that's you attaching to the meat. Isaac now was the meat of the plan, wasn't he? Look at that. Look at that. And Abraham's rejoicing. See, because it wasn't in in Sarah's plan to begin with, back when she said, hey, go sleep with Hagar. And he said, yeah, sure, and give me a child. That wasn't part of the line. That was breaking the promise. The promise was through God. The covenant was through God. The realization was through God. Okay? Now, now that we have the plan realized, go over to Genesis chapter 22. Let's talk about the promise of the faith. So that was sermon number one. Got it? Sermon number two is now through Isaac. He's the God of Abraham, 
the God of the covenant, the God of the Father, God, the, 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 the uh, promise. And now Isaac is part of the faith that it takes to even be in a covenant. Look at verse 1 in chapter 22. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, take now your son. Your only son. Woo, stop right there. That says enough right there. Can I, can I preach? Can I preach? Take now your son, your only son. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? What does it sound like? Amen. What does it sound like? Take your only son. Now look what he chases it down with. Whom you love. Sound familiar again, right? Okay, let's keep going. Now, I know y'all read this one like, oh, Brother Dave, keep on preaching. We heard that. Okay, you have, okay, listen to this. Listen to this. Take your son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I tell you. Now, look at this. A couple of things happen. Isaac is acknowledged as his only son. Ishmael is not acknowledged as his only son. Isaac is acknowledged as his only son. Now God says, go and take him. Take him and sacrifice him. Nowhere in the word does it say God questioned, uh, Abraham questioned Isaac being sacrificed. Does it? It doesn't say that at all, right? Now, here's what happens. Here's what happens. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey. See, here's, here's the key thing here. God tells him one day, to go and sacrifice, his son, sacrifice your son, Abraham goes to sleep, knowing that he's going to sacrifice his son. That's where we miss our faith, y'all. He knew that the seed, he knew that it was promised through him. Abraham at no point, the very, how many, if, if, Bonnie, if I told you tomorrow I got to sacrifice Lydia, you're not going to sleep. Okay, I ain't. Okay, hold on. John, she just, did y'all hear the love? She said, Jonathan's here. She just blamed her son. She blamed my son. Yeah, but he's the only boy. I got three of y'all. Anyway, his <laughs> only son. Hey, y'all, okay, okay, I got you. I got you. I'm sorry. Police. You notice the only one that reacted was Lydia. Her mother didn't do nothing. She's like, whichever one you want to read. Okay. But do you think she's going to sleep the night before, knowing that it's going to happen tomorrow? But Abraham slept. Not only did he sleep, he slept enough to get up early in the morning. This is the, see, we missed that little step of faith right there, y'all. All right, God wants to sacrifice. I'm going to sacrifice him. So, so Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. Now, and he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, on the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. And I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. We, we. Abraham, at this moment, not only did he good, get a night's sleep, but he had complete faith in the promise that God had given him through Isaac. 
So a couple of things are going to happen. He's going to go and sacrifice Isaac, and God is going to resurrect Isaac, or God is going to do something else. But either way, it was going to happen, or he's going to have a replacement or something, but there was going to be a return of Isaac in this plan. Abraham knew it. He said we. He didn't say we might come back. He didn't say I'm coming back alone. But he had complete faith that I was promised by God that my seed, my seed will populate generations. You see that? He says we will come back to you. We. I'm not coming alone. Now look at this. Now, 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 now. Here's the, this is a family of faith, y'all. This is a family of faith. Verse 6, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. Isaac was forced to carry his own wood. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? Isaac was forced to carry his own wood. He carried his own wood. Get it? Now, look at this. Also, Isaac, he went as a lamb. How do we know that? Look at this. And laid it on Isaac, his son. This is verse 6. And he took in his hands the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Then they came to the place of, the, uh, of which God had told him. And Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac. Isaac didn't fight. This is why it's a family of faith. Abraham is willing to sacrifice. Isaac is willing to be sacrificed. Okay? Faith. Isaac, Isaac is, the, is, is a picture of faith here because he didn't fight. He questioned. He said, where's the sacrifice? But he didn't fight his father. He was bound, and then he was placed on the altar. And he laid there. As we find in verse 10, Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. So we find in the first part, the plan is realized through Isaac. And then we find for, the thing, for this plan to continue on, it takes some faith at work. And not only had to be through Isaac, and I preached this before I know, but not only had to be through Abraham, but Isaac had to exhibit some faith also. Isaac had to exhibit some spiritual wisdom that something was happening here. Why? Because he wasn't on the milk anymore. He had been weaned. He was on the meat. So it not only took, and it also took Abraham teaching Isaac all throughout this time that God's a God of promise. Can you imagine Abraham every day seeing Isaac and seeing the promise? And just telling him, son, you know, you're a, you're a, you, how many of you ever looked at someone and said, you're a prayer answered? You're a promise fulfilled. How many of you ever looked at that and said that? This is what he, this is all Isaac ever had to hear from his father. 
man, you're, you're my only son. You're the one. You're the one. God's going to do wonderful things. You don't think Isaac was aware of this? He was aware of it. So Isaac had to believe. You don't think Isaac didn't know that through him, generations were going to come after him? He had to know that. So the same faith it took for Abraham to draw back his hand to kill him is the same faith that Isaac had to use to carry his own wood and lay down on the altar and be bound and not say a word, just like a lamb wouldn't say a word. Now, y'all, are we together? Have I lost anyone? Do we? I know it's Sunday morning, and I'm not screaming and spitting. But I'm going to ask this because I ask it all the other services. Do you have any questions at this point? Good. If you did, it'd be okay. Now, I want you to flip over. I didn't tell you this, but you don't have to go far. I want you to go to chapter 24 in Genesis. In chapter 24 in Genesis, okay, this is how important you need to understand this promise and this faith thing is. Now, Abraham was old. Chapter 24 and verse 1, advanced in age. And the Lord, the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. And Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who was in charge of all that he owned, he said, place your hand under my thigh. Highlight that. Place your hand under my thigh. Verse 3, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughter of the Canaanites whom I live. Under his thigh, okay, the covenant and the promise of Isaac and, and Jacob is based on the seed of Abraham. It's tied to it, okay? Keep in mind, the circumcision that they experienced was part of the covenant. It was sign of the covenant, wasn't it? You got circumcised. So, and y'all, okay, now I'm going to explain this, so don't get all quirky and weird and don't think I'm being perverted, but you need to listen to this, okay? The, go the covenant was based also because on his seed, we found out in Psalm 105, on the seed which has to deal everything with the loins. Okay, it has everything to do with the loins. Because it says his seed, Abraham's seed comes from his loins. So, you know, today in a court of law, when you stand up and you, you're, you're, you take an oath and they put your hand on the Bible, so close your Bible, Brad. And, let me, you know, and you put your hand on the Bible and you raise your right hand and you swear by the Bible, right? Right? When you're in a court of law. Okay. Well, they didn't have that. Abraham was going to make him swear by the promise of God. And by putting his hand underneath his side, underneath his loins, he was swearing on that very promise and covenant that was established by God. Anybody have any questions about that? Anybody get it? Okay, you got that? Yes, exactly. The seed was promised through the loins of Abraham. 
So all Abraham had to do, and the covenant was based on that. So all Abraham had for him to stand on was the promise of that covenant, which was in his loins. Okay? Okay? Sweetheart, quit humming. It's in the Bible. I can do it. Yeah, I know. I didn't say naked. No, no. <laughs> Unclothed. Oh. Barney gets antsy. I'm talking about loins. It's not pork loin or tender loin. It's Abraham's loin. Okay? Now, I want you to get, <laughs> I want you to get it, y'all. Get this. He said, please place your hand under my thigh. Abraham was driven to make sure that Isaac's lineage was going to be the way it was supposed to be. And when this servant, this oldest servant, when he swore, guess what? He, Because, see, this oldest servant, if Abraham had never had Isaac, he would have been the heir. So he had to follow the covenant, and he had to understand the covenant, okay? So this is the promise that is being continued. This is the work that is happening. Um, go over, I tell you what, go over one more verse. One more, one more chapter. We're still in, we're not page, I mean page. Go to, go to verse 62. Verse 62 in chapter 24. Now Isaac had come from going to Beer uh, Horoi. I, I didn't get that right. But anyway, we'll do it later. For he was living in the Negev. Isaac went out to uh, meditate in the field toward evening, and he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, camels were coming. Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from the camel. She said to the servant, who is that man walking in the field to meet us? And the servant said, he is my master. Then he, she took her veil and covered herself. The servant told Isaac all the things that he had done, then Isaac brought her into his mother, Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. Thus Isaac was comforted after her mother's death. See, what happened here, Rebekah is from the same lineage because she was the daughter of who? Huh? Sarah's brother. Okay? And so this lineage is continued on. This promise is continued on through, and Isaac had to, so the, the swearing of this servant, when he put his hand under Isaac, under Abraham's thigh, this swearing, and then him going and doing everything that he did to make sure that she had, he had the right wife to carry on the seed. See, this is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob taking these necessary steps, putting the right people in place to do the right thing and make sure that Abraham does the right thing, to make sure that Isaac does the right thing. And as we find out next week, to make sure Jacob is going to do the right thing because there's going to be a point where God is going to have to come and rescue Israel. And they're going to have to believe in the God that's rescuing them. And the only way that they're going to know he's truly the God that's rescuing them is that they got to identify him as the God of Abraham, promise, Isaac, faith, and fulfillment. And Jacob, I'll tell you what that is next week. Y'all, you get it? You get it? God's plan is going to come to pass 
No matter what you say or do, it's going to work. But you got to trust it. And you got to follow it. And you can't yield from it. Okay? His plan was, once again, we always use, I use this as an example. His plan was for me here. Right? No matter what happened on the outside, no matter what kind of turmoil it may have caused or whatever, God said, you're going, so go. And I went. He said to Abraham, I don't care if you did sleep with Hagar. I don't care if you did get her pregnant. Isaac is the one that I'm going to use. You can ask me for Ishmael all you want, but it's not him. It's Isaac. Okay? I don't care. I don't care, Rebecca, what you do. You can be sneaky all you want, but my plan is still to use Jacob. Even though you got him worked in there and you did that, that was still my plan anyway. Esau wasn't ever the one because God's word said the young, the older will serve the younger. So it was always meant to be Jacob. I'm getting into next week's sermon, but we got to get this. It doesn't change. Nothing in the plan changes. But when you hear God introduce himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it ought to stimulate you to understand, well, there's a promise there. It's going to require me some faith to live this promise. And guess what I got to do? When, I, when this promise is fulfilled, I got to live through it and keep pushing through it no matter what's going on. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are going to prove that, and they are proving that. And Abraham, he never doubted God. He doubted men, and he doubted himself. Isaac, he didn't doubt God. He doubted men, and he doubted himself. It's the reason why they both told the same lie. When they had to deal with the king in another country, they told the exact same lie, both of them. Abraham told Sarah to lie and say he was his sister. She was his sister. And Isaac told Rebecca to do the exact same thing. But that doesn't take away their power and authority that God had laid out through the plan. Okay? I got a question for you. Why is God teaching you this? Why is he teaching you this? I want you to I want to make sure you understand why you're having to learn this before we go any further. Why is he teaching you about the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob? Why? Huh? Increase your faith. Good answer. And, and if that's what it's doing for you, great. Because he has a very good, Miss Marty, because he has a plan. And what else? If he, okay, it, let's, let's lead on this. If he has a plan, what is that to do? What does that mean? Okay. Miss Margaret? And trust him. Y'all, yeah, exactly. You're right. I'm not saying either one of you are wrong. Y'all, but I'm here to tell you, we don't understand the deeper details of God 
and when we don't understand the deeper details of why he's got things in place, our trust and faith level is not getting to the point where it needs to be. There are certain things that each one of you are very strong at in here, okay? You're very strong at. And then there's some things that cause you to worry and kind of shake a little bit. Each, every, I don't care who you are. Each one of you has something that causes you to go, ooh, I don't know. You know, whether it's I'm talking about the loins and lactating and Bonnie gets worried about it, okay? Or if it's something else, if it's a job or whatever it may be, there's something in here. Abraham, even the one that was counted to him as he was counted as a friend of God as in faith. He was he's in Hebrews chapter 11 in the heroes, heroes of faith, as we like to say. He's in there, but he was afraid of one of the kings of Pharaoh and he was afraid for his life and he had Sarah lie. There's always something, even the man that was used to bring about the birth of Christ had something in his life. That's why you're learning this. Because Abraham's fear didn't stop the plan. Isaac's fears didn't stop the plan. But what moved God in their life was every time they had just obeyed. Isaac, Abraham, you're going to sacrifice Isaac. Okay, I'm going to go to sleep before I do. And he went to sleep and he woke up. And Isaac. Father, where's the, where's the lamb? Where's the, where's, where's the offering? God will provide one. Okay. And he went. See, that's why we're learning this, so that you can, you can grasp it at the next level and take it to the next step. Okay? That's why we, we're asking the question. That's why it's important that you learn it. I want you to walk out and say, okay, I learned something. Even if you just learned about loins today, perfect. Great. Even if you just learned that Sarah had every right to kick Ishmael and Hagar out. Because they were mocking God's plan. I hope you've learned about mocking God's plan, too. I'm going to share this. I'm not going to get into too many details. But I will say this specifically. And you can run me out if you want. I'll happily leave. But I want you to understand something. The state of this world and this country is in this condition because it's in the perfect plan of God. And the elected officials that are in place are in the perfect plan of God. And when you and there's been a lot of intensity around everything that's been going on. None of it is a surprise. But when we bash the people that are in office, we are bashing God's plan. I'm telling you that right now. You can disagree with them. That's fine. But when you bash the people that are in office. Whether they're Democrat, Republican or independent. You're making fun of what God has got in place for his glory. Did he not put Pharaoh in office? Did he not put Pharaoh in office? Was Pharaoh evil? And yet God used him for what purpose? And for his glory. Okay. 
He puts him in place. That was his plan. He even said, I raised him up for that purpose. So I need us to get that because when we mock God's plan, God will mock ours. And trust me, he can do a lot more when he mocks ours than we can mocking him. Okay? So I don't want us, and the reason why I'm saying this is I don't want us getting wrapped up in this political flack of everything when the gospel of Jesus Christ is our priority. People are going to come and go and do and all these things under the direction of God. It's under the divine motivation and purpose of God. It is not under our authority that it's done. So get that. Please get that. And don't deny God his glory. Because in the deepest and darkest days of our lives, God can come about and show you how big he is. And he will. And don't think, don't think there's a soul out there that has gone too far. Because you didn't go too far and he was able to reach you. He was reaching you, didn't he? He reached you. He reached you. He reached you. He reached you, didn't he, Brother Frank? Yeah. That big move. <laughs> remember it? And remember the testimony. See, you can question someone, but when you question God's ability to save them and turn them around, You've crossed the line. If he can turn me around. Listen, if he can turn me around. He can turn anything around. Get that attitude about yourself, not about those sitting up there in D.C. You hear me? That's a little church discipline for you. Anybody need any more? And I didn't even make you go get your own switch. Next time, I'll make you go get your own switch. <laughs> All right. 